the slayer, nor he who thinks it slain, is in knowledge. For the self slays not, nor is slain. Please repeat after me. Neither he, Neither he who thinks the living entity the slayer, who thinks the living entity the slayer, nor he who thinks it slain, nor he who thinks it slain, is in knowledge. Is in knowledge. For the self slays not, nor is slain. For the self slays not, nor is slain. When an embodied living entity is hurt by fetal weapons, it is to be known that the living entity within the body is not killed. The spirit soul is so small that it is impossible to kill him by any material weapon, as will be evident from subsequent verses. Nor is the living entity killed because of his spiritual constitution. What is killed or is supposed to be killed is the body only. This, however, does not at all encourage killing of the body. The Vedic injunction is Ma Hamsar Sarva Bhutani. Ma Hamsar Sarva Bhutani. Never commit violence to anyone. Nor does understanding that the living entity is not killed encourage animal slaughter. Killing the body of anyone without authority is abominable and is punishable by the law of the state as well as by the law of the Lord. Arjun, however, is being engaged in killing for the principle of religion and not whimsically. Jainam Vipti Hantaram Jas Jainam Mannati Hatam Ubhotumna Vijayanto so, <clears throat> Arjun, at the battlefield of Kurukshetra, refused to fight the battle. Just when the battle was about to begin, both the army were facing each other in the holy land of Kurukshetra. The conscious was already blown. That means the war has already began. And at that point, Arjun, seeing that in the enemy line is intimate relatives and friends are standing at the enemy. He became so overwhelmed with compassion and emotion that he told Krishna that he could fight that battle. He saw his grandfather, Krishna. He saw his guru, Dronacharya. He saw his friends and uncles and cousins standing in the enemy of Ashwatthama, Kripacharya, Shamla. They are very, very closely related to each other. 
Arjun was practically brought up at the lap of Vishnu. And now he is standing against him. And this battle was so terrible that it was, and the battle was so serious that it was a matter of either kill or get killed. A warrior never thinks that he is going to get killed. He thinks that he is going to kill him. So Arjun's mood at the time and Arjun's feeling at the time was that how could I possibly release arrows to kill these individuals who are so close to me? Katham Bhishmam Aham Samhe Dronancha Madhusudana Ishubhi Pratiyatsami Pujarha Varishudana Katham this Sankhe, in this war, Ishuji Pratyatsami, release my arrows to Bhishma, Bhishma, Dronanchanam and Drona as well. Because they are Pujarva, they are my worshipable spiritual gurus, spiritual master, they are my worshipable And in this way Arjun was giving many reasons and arguments why this battle, why to fight this battle was not And, but at, at the end, Arjun actually submitted to Krishna. He told him that I don't know what I should do. I am accepting you as my spiritual master, so will you please tell me what I should do? At that point, Krishna started to advise Arjun. Prabhupada mentioned that Krishna did not say anything to Arjun until Arjun accepted him as Guru and submitted himself. And when he did that, then Krishna started telling him. And what was the first thing that Krishna told him? Krishna told him that look you are lamenting over things that one should not lament about. Yet Pragyavadam Stephashashi. You are speaking like a Pragyavadam, speaking like a Pandit, speaking like a wise man. You are speaking like a wise man, but you actually don't have any knowledge. You are lamenting over something that one should lament. And gatasuna One who is really situated in knowledge doesn't lament about something that is transient and perishable. And then Krishna started to explain to Arjuna the science of Bhagavad Gita. From verse 
in this chapter, second chapter actually, Krishna started to verse 12 onwards and today we are discussing about the 19th verse in previous seven verses Krishna gave enough information to Arjuna about the, the permanent nature of the soul and the transient perishable nature of the body so in this way Krishna is actually explaining to Arjuna about the difference between matter and spirit. We are in a world of matter. Material world. This is the world of matter. And by nature, matter is inert. Dead matter. Matter is dead. Matter is inert. Matter is unconscious. Matter is devoid of life. But <clears throat> In this world of dead matter, we see some living things. Why and how? That is what Krishna has actually established. That the body is made of matter, but it is due to the presence of the soul that the dead the body made of dead matter is alive. Like we can, this is the first thing that Bhagavad Gita is establishing or this Vedic science is establishing to understand the difference between matter and spirit. See this sit where I am sitting, asana, is inert matter. The stable is inert microphone is inert. The wall is inert. But you and I, we all are living. What causes us to be alive? To understand that, we can consider that when someone dies, Although his body may be lying there, but we say he is gone. He is gone. Although his body is lying there, we say he is gone. So who is that he whose departure from the body made the body become dead? To begin with, it is a dead body. Body made of dead matter is a dead body. But it is due to the presence of the soul that the body becomes alive. Meaning body becomes conscious. It is simply, it's a very simple common sense matter. But we fail to recognize this point until we come across scriptures like Bhagavad Gita and teachers like Shiva. Many of us, especially those of you who are coming from India and many of you who were from the West also must have read Bhagavad Gita before. I read about seven different Bhagavad Gita before coming across Prabhupada's Bhagavad Gita. 
I used to carry a Bhagavad Gita with me. And I used to read Bhagavad Gita, take notes on Bhagavad Gita, and I used to think that I am understanding so much from Bhagavad Gita. But when I came across Srila Prabhupada's Bhagavad Gita, I realized that I can understand anything of Bhagavad Gita. In this respect, I recall one incident. One of Prabhupada's first disciples was Brahmananda Prabhu. Those days, Prabhupada used to live at the back of 26 Second Avenue in a small apartment. So, and in the front, there was the matchless gift where Prabhupada used to give discourses on Bhagavad Gita in the evening. And so one day, uh, Brahmananda Prabhu, who was a teacher, school teacher, was passing by and he saw this. And he got to know that Swami is here, he is giving this discourses on Bhagavad Gita in the evening. So he wanted to meet the Swami, and he went to Shiva He had an appointment to see him. So when he went to Shiva Prabhupada, he tried to impress Shiva Prabhupada by saying that he also read Bhagavad Gita. And he had a Bhagavad Gita with him also. So Prabhupada was naturally impressed. But Prabhupada told him, okay, just open any page of the Bhagavad Gita that he was carrying. So he opened that page, just opened one page like that, and Prabhupada said, read. So he read, and Prabhupada said, close the book. He closed the book. He said, Prabhupada said, tell me what you understood. <laughs> and Brahmananda realized, that he didn't understand anything. <laughs> and then Prabhupada explained that to understand Bhagavad Gita, you need a bona fide teacher, a qualified teacher, a bona fide spiritual master. And <clears throat> that kind of bona fide spiritual masters are rare in who really understand Bhagavad Gita. Srila Prabhupada is one such rare spiritual And Srila Prabhupada came and he presented Bhagavad Gita as it is. Why Prabhupada's Bhagavad Gita is entitled as Bhagavad Gita as it is? How many of you know? How many of you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> You see, as it is, Prabhupada explained, as it is means the way Krishna gave it and the way Arjun understood it. That is what makes Bhagavad Gita as it is. The way Krishna spoke and the way and the way Arjun understood it. There are many Bhagavad Gitas. I remember in 1970. Actually, we took a survey. I was new in the movement. I took her out while introducing me to her. I joined in 1976. 
and we are making a survey of Bhagavad Gita. And we found that there are more than 250 English translations of Bhagavad Gita available. And we also noticed that all those 250 Bhagavad Gita's put together did not make a single devotee of Krishna. Whereas Srila Prabhupada's one Bhagavad Gita as it is was making thousands of devotees, now maybe hundreds of thousands. Not only hundreds of thousands, more than that, millions of devotees. That is the potency of Srila Prabhupada's power. Most of the Bhagavad Gita, what they did, they took the words of Krishna, but they gave their interpretation. Not the way they understood, not the way Krishna, Arjuna understood. They accepted the way Krishna spoke. But they did not accept the way Arjuna understood. They gave their speculation. Oh, Krishna is this, Krishna is that, Bhagavad Gita means this, and so and so forth. But Prabhupada's Bhagavad Gita is the authentic Bhagavad Gita, the bona fide Bhagavad Gita, because it is presenting Arjuna's understanding of this wisdom that was spoken by Krishna. Bhagavad Gita was given to Arjuna. It was for him to understand and act accordingly. And we, in order to derive the specific benefit out of Bhagavad Gita, we have to follow that course, the way Arjuna understood. In Bhagavad Gita Mahatmya, in the glorification of Bhagavad Gita, Described in greatness of Bhagavad Gita, it has been mentioned. All the Upanishads have been compared to Kama. And who milk the cow? Upanishad is a cow is a cow. And the milker of that cow is Gopal Krishna. Krishna. And this cow gave the milk for the sake of the calf, Arjuna. Arjuna is the calf of this And those who are truly intelligent, those who are seriously concerned about their spiritual welfare, they drink this milk they, they, they drink this nectar. Sarva Upanishadu Dabu Dogdha Gopala Nandanaha Vatsa Partha Sudhir Pokta Dugdham Gita Pitamat. This Dugdham Gita, Gita is a milk which is like Amritam. What is the characteristic of nectar? What is the, what is the specific quality of, a neck, of nectar? The Sanskrit word for nectar is amrita. Amrita means negation of death. Negation of death. Meaning immortality. You read Bhagavad Gita, you'll become immortal. 
you will achieve immortality. That is the real purpose of Bhagavad How? As you are reading now, Krishna is pointing out that the body is perishable. Body dies, but the soul is immortal. The next verse you will see come across that point very clearly. This spirit soul is never born, nor will it ever die. Najayate means it's never born. Mriyateva padachin, nor will it ever die. Ajonitta shashata ayam purano, nahannate even if the body is slain, even if the body is killed, the soul cannot be killed. Soul may leave the body. In certain condition, when the body is severed by some weapon <coughs> or body is burnt by fire, then the soul may leave the body. And when the soul leaves the body, body dies. But the soul never dies. And what is our real identity? Our actual identity is the body or the soul? Very good. How many of you think that you are a spirit soul? Thank you. <laughs> and when? And the soul is immortal. How many of you accept that the soul is immortal? Thank you. So, you are a spirit soul and the soul is immortal. Therefore, you are So, you achieve your immortality? See, right in the second chapter of Bhagavad Gita, you reach immortality. <laughs> This great nectarian milk of this Bhagavad Gita gives us immortality. Drink it, you'll become immortal. But how do you drink this nectar? Something you drink with your mouth and something else you drink with your ears. You drink this nectar of Bhagavad Gita through your ears and you will achieve So in the second chapter, that's what Krishna is doing at the beginning of the second chapter. Krishna is reminding Arjuna and through Arjuna, Krishna is actually reminding us. This is an important point to also consider through this analogy of the milk of the cow. Although the cow gives milk for the sake of the calf, but the calf doesn't drink all the milk. Those who have any experience with cows, you know that if the calf drinks uh, all the milk of the cows or if the cows drink too much of milk, the calf becomes sick. So that means it's nature's arrangement that cow's milk is meant for human beings. Cow gives the milk 
Of course, the calf is the is the is the impetus for the miracle, but it is meant for the human beings. So similarly, Krishna gave Bhagavad Gita to Arjun, but the actual purpose of Bhagavad Gita is for human beings to drink it. Sudhi, Sudhi, which people, which individuals drink this milk? Sudhi. Now, dhi means intelligence. And su means very advanced, very developed. Also, it means very beautiful. So, whose intelligence is advanced, whose intelligence is active, and whose intelligence is beautiful, Bhagavad Gita is meant for them. They are meant for those in. It needs certain degree of intelligence to actually understand and appreciate Bhagavad And when we begin to appreciate Bhagavad Gita, we see what an inconceivable wealth of wisdom this Bhagavad Gita contains. Everything is there in Bhagavad Gita. At the beginning of Bhagavad Gita, we are getting the understanding of the soul and our identity being spiritual. Before coming across Bhagavad Gita or before coming across Sri Prophet's teaching, how many of you considered that you are a spiritual? Okay. And what was your understanding of spiritual? Let's go deep in. Anyway, think about it very deeply. Did you really have a clear understanding of spirit soul? Could you pray? Part of part of part of the whole divine arrangement. Yeah, but not not clear like from Bhagavad. That's what I mean. No. Yeah. Before coming across Prabhupada's Bhagavad Gita or Prabhupada's teaching, there was no clear understanding of who the soul is. I'll tell you. I mean, I don't know in America, <laughs> but I came across a very, uh, very uh, well-educated, well-placed person from the from the uh, European background, Christian background. He's a grandfather of one of our devotees, and. I was having a discussion with him. He was a high court judge. And I had a difficult time to make him understand that animals have soul. His belief was that animals don't have soul. And here he's a high court judge. Because, I mean, it took me about 20 minutes to make him understand what actually the soul is. So main thing is that he didn't have any understanding of what the soul is. Therefore, he just went along with the Christian concept. Only human beings have souls, animals don't have souls. And so the reality is that wherever there is life, wherever there is consciousness, we have to conclude that there is a spirit. Trees and plants, are they conscious? Yes. 
therefore they are living. Therefore there is a spirit soul. The trees are born and the trees will die at some point. Just as human beings. Animals are conscious. You beat an animal, it will cry. You pat an animal and it will wing still. So this is how we can see that wherever there is consciousness, we have to conclude that there is a spirit soul. Now the nature of the spirit soul, yes, we may have accepted the existence of the spirit soul and the identity being spirit soul, our identity being spiritual, but there was no clear understanding of what a spirit soul is. Now Krishna is giving the understanding of the spirit soul. The spirit soul is what makes this body alive. Spirit soul is a source of consciousness. It is due to the presence of the spirit soul that the body is alive. The body goes through so many wonderful changes. The body performs so many wonderful activities. Like every single organ of this body uh, is such a complex uh, mechanism. Like a kidney, a simple organ of this body. But what does it do? What it is doing? It's filtering the blood. The blood in course of circulation is becoming impure, contaminated, and the kidney is purified. When it goes bad, then you have to go for dialysis. And a huge complex machine. But in the body it's naturally there, without even us knowing about it. So this is the, the result of the presence of the soul. The soul is in the body and so many wonderful organs are functioning. The kidney, the liver, the lungs, the heart and on top of that the blood circulation, respiratory system, nervous system and the brain like simply due to the presence of the soul. And that is our real identity. We are spirit soul. That is what we understand when we study the books, scriptures like Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita gives us a very basic understanding. First consideration is difference between the matter and spirit, the body and soul. And we begin to recognize that our actual identity is spiritual. And that is immortal. The soul is immortal. Soul will change the body. The departure of the soul from one body is called death. And the acceptance of a new body by the soul is called birth. Birth is soul's acceptance of a new body. And death is the soul's departure from the old body. And the period between as long as the soul is in the body, we call it Jai Shri 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 Shri
then it goes to understanding Krishna. We understand the soul, we being spiritual, we being our identity being spiritual, we being spirit souls. And then we get to understand the difference between us and the Supreme Soul, Krishna. That also Krishna had done very wonderfully in the fourth chapter. In the second chapter, Krishna established the identity of the spiritual entity called the Spirit. In the third chapter, Krishna gave the with knowledge of karma yoga, how to function. This arrangement from the time of creation has been designed by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And there are different arrangements. There are demigods, there are living entities, and the demigods are here to supply the needs of the human beings, and the human beings in return are supposed to react towards the demigods in a certain way by paying them tax in the form of sacrifice and so forth. And then, in the beginning of fourth chapter, Krishna told Arjuna that I gave this knowledge first to Vipashwan, the son of Imam Vivarshati Yogam, Praktavan Hamalpayam, Vivashwan Manave Then Sun God Vivashan gave it to his son Manu. Manu Riksha Puve Then Manu gave it to his son Riksha Evam Parampara Praptam Evam In this way, through a chain of disciplic succession of saintly kings, this knowledge was flowing. But in course of time, it has become lost. And then he says, Now that old yoga that I have spoken long time ago, I will give it to you to re-establish this wisdom. Then Arjun had a natural question. Because we have to understand the relationship between Arjun and Krishna is that of cousins. Arjun's mother was Krishna's aunt. And Krishna's father was Arjun's uncle. They were brother and sister. Vasudev and Kunti were brothers and sisters. Brother and sister. So that way they were relatives, cousins. And they were of the same age. Therefore, they had a very intimate relationship. And <clears throat> so Arjun naturally asked him, Look, Krishna, you were born just the other day. Aparam Bhavato Jatma Param Jatma Vivashata. And Vivashwan was born so long ago. Param Jatma Vivashata. Gathameda Vijanyan Tamadu Pruttavaniti. How can I understand? that you spoke this wisdom to Vivashwan. Because Vivashwan was born so many millions of years ago. And you have born just the other day. <laughs> How can you understand that you have spoken? Then Krishna told him, 
बहुनी में व्याति तानी जन्मानी Many, many times both you and I have taken birth. But about those birth, you do not know, you do not remember anything. Whereas I remember everything. About all those births, about all those activities of every single moment I remember. And then Krishna said that actually I am born. I don't need to take birth. But still I take birth. I not take birth, I appear by the arrangement of my internal potency. My internal potency. not born. Sambhavami, I manifest myself. And why Krishna comes back, he explained. When there is a decline of religious principle and increase of irreligiosity, to establish the principle of dharma, this principle of religion, Krishna comes. So in this way, Krishna established the difference between us and him. We shouldn't think that Krishna is one of us. No. Krishna is the origin of all of us. Krishna is the source of all of us. And in this way, in Upanishad, the examples have been given, just like the sun, and innumerable rays are coming out of sun, out of the sun. Now the each ray of the sun qualitatively is one with the sun. But quantitatively it's a tiny little ray where the sun is an inconceivable source of all the So we are tiny, we are minute, but Krishna is absolute. But qualitatively we are saying, Krishna is Satchidananda, Krishna is spiritual, we are spiritual. Krishna is Satchidananda, Krishna is eternal, full of knowledge, full of bliss, we are also eternal, full of knowledge, full of bliss. But that qualities of, spiritual qualities of Krishna will be there in us only when you are connected. When you re-establish your connection to Krishna, we will become endowed with those qualities. But when you become separated from Krishna, we lose those qualities. An example has been given, like a, sp a spark is also fire. Spark is fire, isn't it? <laughs> but the spark is a tiny fire, tiny speck of fire. <coughs> when the spark comes out of the fire, then what happens? Yeah. It's it loses its fire quality. It's extinguished. And it falls on the heap of ash, just next to the fire, and it becomes ash, losing its fire quality. Our condition is somewhat like that. We are spiritual, 
But being separated from Krishna, we lost our spiritual qualities and falling into matter, we are now identifying ourselves with matter. We are thinking we are this one. The speck of fire, that was the, that was the spark, now it became ash. But it has the ability to be ignited. But for that, it has to go back to the fire. Now similarly, when we re-establish our relationship with Krishna, we regain our spiritual qualities. And Krishna consciousness means to establish our relationship with Krishna again. Now we, have, now we are identifying ourselves with matter, thinking, and as a result of that, we are thinking that we are bodies, and we are functioning according to the needs of the body, according to the demands of the body, according to the cravings of the body. But when we re-establish our relationship with Krishna, then we will regain our spiritual qualities. Again. Just as you take that stick of inflammable particle that used to be a spark at one time, back to fire, what happens? Immediately to So that is what Krishna consciousness is. And how to re-establish our lost relationship with Krishna? By developing our loving relationship. Love is the criteria. Love is the force. Love is the factor that unites us with Krishna. And that love is called bhakti devotional service, devotional service. Love, real love is expressed through service, through action. So if we love Krishna, we have to express that love through our action. Because we are active elements. We all are active individuals. We have to act. So when we act in order to express our love for Krishna, then we become Reconnected, reunited So that is the simple teachings of Bhagavad Gita and all the Vedic scriptures. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Therefore it is doivi. Doivi means divine. 
But Maya actually is, means the potency of the Lord. It also means the illusory effect of the Lord's energy. Both in both the nature, in material and spiritual, the Lord's energy is bewildering us. Like in the material nature, it's bewildering us and taking us away from Krishna and imprisoning us into the material nature. Whereas in the spiritual nature, the Jogomaya is engaging us in Krishna's service, making the arrangements. So that's why that's also kind of illusion, especially Jogomaya in Vrindavan. In Vrindavan, Jogomaya causes a living entity, a devotee, or resident of Vrindavan to forget that Krishna is the Supreme Personality. But here also we can consider that this Maya is of two types. One is forget, Maya means illusion. Illusion means not to recognize the object as it is. That's what illusion means. So in the material nature, our illusion or forgetfulness is due to our ignorance. But in the spiritual nature, the forgetfulness of Krishna as the Supreme Personality of Godhead is Yogamaya, uh, arrangement or the effect of Yogamaya, which is due to love. Forgetfulness due to love. One is, sometimes we forget due to our ignorance, and sometimes we forget due to love. Uh, for example, the son became the state president. It's not that the mother doesn't know that he's a state president, but because of her love for him, she doesn't care that he's a state president. It's not important that he's a state president. If he comes home late, she chastises him. What are you doing so late? So this is the forgetfulness due to. There was some question here, yes. Yes, so you were explaining that this Bhagavad Gita as it is. Originally Krishna spoke in Sanskrit, right? And Vyas is the one who compiled that. Because there was nobody writing at the time when he was speaking, right? So what Krishna said and what Arjuna understood, did Vyas Devi explain that? Hmm. And where did it got? Yeah, uh, okay. Yeah, you got it. Very yeah. You see, what Vasudev did, he just, you see, these personalities like Vasudev, they have an inconceivable memory. You know, like you can consider a tape recorder. Their memory is like, I mean, he is a, a first class tape recorder. Everything is recorded here. And they could repeat it anytime. So after Krishna's pastimes, Vasudev got Ganesh to write. So Vasudev was just narrating what was happening. And he wrote. He didn't give any Vasudev, he didn't give any commentary. Huh? But the understanding comes from a qualified teacher. Vasudev wrote the book. He is like a publisher. Uh, he printed the book and marketed it. Right? But you just by buying the book from a bookshop, cannot master the subject. Uh, so what's your profession? Engineer. You are an engineer. 
So to become an engineer, what do you have to do? You go to an engineering college, you have to study the books according to the syllabus, and then under the guidance of a qualified teacher. So it is the qualified teacher who simplifies the knowledge from the book. So that is the purpose of, that is the business of a teacher. So here, Prabhupada, as a perfect teacher, he explained the actual meaning of Bhagavad Gita, the way Arjuna, the way Krishna spoke, and the way Arjuna spoke. That's why you see, like, well, I'll tell you one thing. You now, as I was telling about reading Bhagavad Gita, I was reading Bhagavad Gita, and actually one confusing thing that I used to kind of feel at that time. When I was reading second chapter, I thought second chapter is the Bhagavad Gita. Then I went to third chapter, I said, well, this is it. <laughs> then I went to the fourth chapter, yes, this is it. But Srila Prabhupada, when he gave Bhagavad Gita, he gave the last instruction of Krishna in Bhagavad Gita as the first instruction. Huh? Recognize that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead and surrender unto him. Then only you'll be able to understand Bhagavad Gita, not otherwise. Qualified teacher, a bona fide teacher like Prabhupada only teaches like that. He, because he has the total understanding, that's why he brings the last thing at the first for our clarity. Right? Yes, you have a question? Yeah. I just had a comment, but you just answered it. You have spoken about knowledge and devotion, or that's what I got from reflection In material nature, you first know, you first learn, and then you have it. Right? Whereas in the spiritual nature, you just become situated there, and it automatically comes to you. Right? For example, like in material nature, you have to perceive, and then you have to conceive. Right? You see things. You know about it and then you retain it and kind of in your in your mind, in your intellect, in your brain. Whereas in spiritual nature you just practice devotional service and the knowledge automatically comes to your heart. Are you familiar with that expression, Dibba Gyan Prakashita? Do you come to Guru Puja in the temple? Prabhupada Guru Puja? Do you sing that song? Shri Guru Charana Padma. Do you know the line? The Dibba Gyan Rite Prakashita. Dibba Gyan, once one line from that is Dibba Gyan Rite Prakashita. The transcendental knowledge is revealed in the heart. It's not retained here, it's revealed in the heart. Also, it also has been analyzed in this way. That Bhakti Devi is the mother. Bhakti uh, is, the, is the mother. And she has two sons. Those two sons are Gyana and Vaidya. 
knowledge and renunciation. So wherever the mother goes, the son will follow. Right? So whenever you practice bhakti, there will be knowledge, transcendental knowledge, and automatic natural detachment from material world. It will automatically be. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Yes, could you? When we teach this to others or read it to them, they can get it also. Before my mother passed away, I wrote the whole Krishna book for her and a little bit about the Gita every day. And so she was saying, the end is not the end. It's kind of like the end is first day. Yeah. When the body dies, it doesn't die. So she was able to realize that the end wasn't the end. Very good. She was trying to change it. Yeah, very good. Very good. That reminds me. Recently, uh, we were in Pennsylvania in a retreat, and there one devotee presented a sketch, kind of a sketch of a drama, a dramatical sketch. The drama was about a conversation between a twin in the womb of the mother. So the way they portrayed it, one girl was, they, they, two of them, two actors, were sitting on two chairs, crouched in like a fish in the pool. And a girl was standing behind them with a piece of cloth, which was covering them. And then she removed the thing partly, this showing them uh, what's going on. <laughs> So, so one of the embryo is sleeping, the other one wakes him up. So he wakes up very agitated. So please let me sleep. I slept only for 20 hours today. <laughs> then he goes back to sleep again. Then the other boy wakes him up again. And he says, look, I have something very important to discuss with you. So what? He said, I heard there is life after birth. <laughs> and he says, and in that world, there's light. So the other guy says, well, how is it possible? How can there be light? And how can there be birth? I go, how can there be life after birth? This is everything. Just don't think beyond this. This is everything. And try to enjoy as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> and then he continues. You know, there we can eat with our mouth and we can walk with our feet. So he just speaks like that and the other guy, he is completely denying How is it possible with this leg we can walk? And is there any way we can take food except the umbilical cord? 
And so then, in this way, you know, like it just goes on. So <clears throat> I thought it was brilliant presentation. Like I, now, we, when we look at our situation from that context, don't you see that our situation is like that? We are living in a world. Oh, then it goes into uh, another very important thing. That is, he says, "Do you know we have a mother?" He said, "How is it possible? Have you ever seen her?" <laughs> and he says, "No, I don't see her, but I can feel her. Don't you? Don't you realize?" Don't you feel that it is because of her that we are existing? And then he said, oh, come on. And she said, but you can see, she's all around us. Although we do not see her, but she's all around us. <laughs> and it's because of her that we are getting everything that we need. She is taking care of us. And anyway, so I thought of sharing, like, you know, I mean, it is so foolish, actually, it's so stupid to think that this world is everything and our existence here is everything. There is nothing beyond this. But for that, to receive those information, we need a bona fide spiritual. We need Vaishnava teachers. Spiritual master means teaching. Who himself has the knowledge and who can impart the knowledge. So Prabhupada has created so many bona fide spiritual masters who are distributing his knowledge and as a result of that the world is benefiting. Thank you very much. All glories to Shri Prabhupada.